John 15, 15 has been our theme passage for this series. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned uh, from my Father, I've made known to you. And as we prepare for Thanksgiving, I believe one lesson that Jesus learned and that we need to imitate is gratitude. As we already saw in the communion, one of the three events where the disciples actually record in the Gospels, Jesus giving thanks was the actual remembering of Him at the Lord's Supper. The other two events are both found in the Gospel of John. But I'd like to read a quote here about gratitude. This is by John Henry Joett. Life without thankfulness is devoid of love and passion. Hope without thankfulness is lacking in fine perception. Faith without thankfulness lacks strength and fortitude. Every virtue divorced from thankfulness is maimed and limps along the spiritual road. I think that's a great quote because I really do believe gratitude is at the core of so many spiritual qualities. And I believe thanks is what Jesus just lived out. Even though it's only been recorded three times He gave thanks, I bet His whole life was gratitude. So let's look at the two. Let's look at the first one. John 6, verse 10-13. through I'll go ahead and give you the point even before I read it. Give thanks for what you have, not for what you don't have. Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. You got a clue? You know where we're going? Yeah. Yeah. It's the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels outside of the resurrection, which was also an amazing miracle. But of a miracle that Jesus performed before his death, it's the only one that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. And we're going to find gratitude in it. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks. So again, we see they, they directly write from the Spirit. They saw it, He said it, and they remembered it. Jesus gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, He said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets, one for each of the apostles who doubted Him, with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Jesus' gratitude preceded one of the most amazing miracles. I wonder how many miracles we miss out on because we're simply not grateful. Because we see time and time again how gratitude just gives the opportunity. A lot like what Yulia shared. Man, when we're grateful for what Jesus has done, He provides opportunity for miracles. But what was He actually grateful for? Well, we know from the story, the apostles said, Oh, wait a minute, let's send him away. We don't have enough. And of course, they asked Philip, the guy from the town, he would know where it is and probably how much it would cost. He says, Oh, we don't have enough money. It would take several months' wages to buy that. What were the apostles doing? They were only looking at what they didn't have. Jesus, from the little boy that Andrew stole it from, took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked at what he had. And he gave thanks. 
You know how you know if you really give thanks for what you have? Well, I'll tell you how you, you know you're not giving thanks for what you have. When you realize you don't have something and now you give thanks. That happened to me this week. First, it was really hot a few days ago and our air conditioning went out. And at that moment, I was thankful for air conditioning I didn't have. But why wasn't I thankful when I had it? And then the very next day, it's 32 degrees and our heater's out. And now I was thankful for heat that I didn't have. And what that showed me is I'm not really thankful for what I have until I don't have it. And I'm like, that's not where Jesus was at. How many things I have that I don't take the time to be grateful for? Is it going to take it being taken away before you actually appreciate it? Then you won't get to see the miracle that might come from that gratitude before you even get more than you imagine. Jesus taught us an important lesson. We need to be thankful for what we have. Not what we don't. This week... I want you to make a list. I'm not going to tell you how long the list needs to be. But I want you to write down the things you actually have. And you'd be amazed at what you can be thankful for. When we really start thinking about it. Like a fork. You know? If it's not barbecue, if it's not fried chicken or turkey leg you can get with your hand, a fork is really handy. Right? Don't you think that's important? You know? How about money? You thankful for money? That you can buy things you need? Give gifts to those you love? I mean, without it, it's a little harder, right? Are you thankful that you have a place with a roof over your head? Because that could be gone tomorrow. We've seen the kind of disasters that can take place. Are you thankful that you even just woke up this morning? Even thankful that you woke up with a sore back because at least it tells you you're alive. And I feel that more and more as I've gotten older. Right? Okay? I mean, there's so many things. I, I tell you, you'll be amazed. If you, if you put in the effort, you can write down a thousand things before you're done. And if you even tried this week to not pray asking for a single thing, but only thanking God, I bet at the end of this week you're going to be so encouraged of how God has given you everything you've needed. We need to give thanks for what we have. Let's go to the second event where the disciples record that Jesus gave thanks. Another incredible miracle. Starting to see a theme here. John 11, verse 40. Then Jesus said, Did I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Anyone here want to see the glory of God? It's not going to happen without gratitude. Let's see what happens. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. This time it's not just recorded that he gave thanks, but they actually record his thanks. I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus. Now he did that because if he just said, 
come out, all of them would have. Okay? Jesus was specific. He's like, I don't want them all coming out of there. So I mean to be specific. Lazarus alone, okay? That's the only one I'm going after right now. You think that's funny? I think that's why he did it. Because if he said just come out, they all would have. Right? He's the Lord. He says, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. In the first event in John, where it says God gave thanks, He did a miracle feeding 5,000 or more. The second event, the recorder, Jesus giving thanks, resurrection from the dead. Are you starting to see the incredible power of gratitude? But we might miss the most incredible part of this gratitude. He didn't thank God for what would happen. He just thanked God that he was heard. He was more thankful for the God that heard him than the answer he would get. I wonder where we're at. Is our gratitude for God more of when we get the answer? Or simply by the fact we can go to Him and He hears us? I think that's so powerful. See, gratitude involves faith. Because sometimes we don't see all the ramifications, all the events that led to this moment of something you have from God that you can give thanks for. When you wake up tomorrow morning, are you going to wake up with just being thankful that God hears you? I mean, I want you to don't even worry about what answers you're going to get. In other words, the person you pray to is more important than the prayers he will answer. That led to the resurrection. God's power leads to resurrection, not what we get. It's God. He is the one behind the miracles that want that we want to see in our lives. Jesus was more thankful that God hears him than he would than in what he would receive in asking. Look at again in Micah seven seven. You see the same feeling, the same heart. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Who who is this man really concerned about? The answer to his prayers? No. He says, I'll wait for my Lord, the God who hears me. He's not even concerned about what answers he gets. He is more excited, more joyful by the simple fact that as he waits and knowing that God hears him, God's going to be there. That God is coming to be attentive to him. See, I think we are such a materialistic society, we think more of what we get than what we have just in being able to go to God. And so I think when we have that kind of gratitude, then we'll have the heart to accept whatever answer God gives us in our prayers. Because if we're more excited about God, then we'll just believe that whatever answer He gives us was the best thing for us. And I don't know about you, I've learned God answers in four ways. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. First one, the one we love the most, yes. Love that answer, right? Anyone here not like the answer yes? Okay. The one we don't quite so like, but often in hindsight we're very grateful for, is no. Right? There's sometimes God says no, and it's always in the end for our benefit. Now the one that, oh man, that can really get us going. 
wait. But he never says how long. You ever notice that? Like none of the promises of God, they give you a timeline. Just wait. That's like, oh. But see, if you don't have gratitude, you won't wait. If you're not grateful for just being able to go to God, you won't wait, and therefore you won't be grateful, and you're not going to continue to pray to see God work in your life. But the fourth one, this is the one that tends to happen a lot more than I'd like to admit. It's not yes, it's not no, it's not wait. It's, I have something else in mind. But see, if you're thankful just for God, and even if you're not prepared for this something else in mind, you'll accept it. Because you're more concerned about God than the answer. That's the kind of gratitude that Jesus exemplified and led to miracles. And that's the gratitude we need to have. Third point, be thankful. Colossians 3.15, the last scripture. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful, not give thanks. Give thanks can be a one-time occurrence. Being thankful is a continuous thing in your life. Right? We, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving one time a year with Jesus. That wouldn't be being thankful. That would be just giving thanks one time a year. It's just to be thankful. That means that every day of the year, if we're being thankful, there's something we're grateful for in Jesus. That's what it's telling us. Now, how, does this, how are we going to accomplish this? Being thankful all the time. It says, let the Word of Christ dwell on you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. How are we going to be thankful? You've got to be in His Word. Even when it admonishes you. Thank you, God. Right? Or when He blesses you. Thanks, God! But if we're being thankful, the thanks shouldn't be different between the two. It shouldn't be blessing. Thanks, God! Admonishment. Thanks, God. It should be, thank you, God. The same for both. No matter what God leads our way, there there needs to be this attitude of just being thankful. And that is not going to happen if we don't have the Word to guide and direct and train and mold our hearts. How many of you can admit that being a disciple has helped you in your gratitude more than anything else in your life? Right? First and foremost, just for the fact that the sinners we are, He still took us in. I mean, if that's the only thing we get from Jesus, that's enough. He doesn't need to give me anything else. The rest is just a cherry on top. I was forgiven, that's enough. But it's funny how we don't live like that's enough. There's always something more. And again, it's because our gratitude is more about the answer we're going to get than the God who we're actually going to and who hears us. Here's the three things you see from this passage. And they're all incorporated with Christ. Be thankful. Why? Because of the peace of Christ. Because we have a peace 
that transcends understanding. That's why even in hardship, even in trials, even in suffering, even in celebration, even in rejoicing, we can be thankful because there's a peace that's not determined by circumstance that we have in Christ. The second, gratitude in your heart, not just in your mind. It specifically states it's got to move from here to the heart. And your kids, you know this, right? Parents, if your kids are actually grateful to you. Right? You know if they're actually saying, thanks. Or if it's in their heart. There's a, there's a big difference when it's in the heart. Teens, I'm just going to help you right here this week. You need to be thankful. Okay? So, when, when you are feeling thankful, this is what I want you to do. Don't put your head down and go, thanks, Mom. I want you to look them in the eye with a little sparkle. Maybe even hold her hand and just say, Thank you, Mom. You know, Dad, maybe not to the hand, just put it on the shoulder. Thanks, Dad. That, that's how you know it's in the heart. But if it's just, you know, and thanks. That's not the same. It says, Gratitude in your heart. It should be there even before you have something to be thankful for. It's already there. You're you're grateful for whatever comes your way. Because that's what's in your heart. And then finally, give thanks in the name of Christ. You know, we end the prayer for a reason in Jesus' name because we know without Jesus, the things we just thanked Him for, we probably wouldn't have or enjoy it the way we do. It's not just some abracadabra in Jesus' name. No, it means something when we give thanks in His name. And this week we have an incredible opportunity to show all these things. What's gratitude? It's all about focus. It's focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. This week, I hope we can see the difference. And if something gets taken away from you and you're suddenly thankful for it, then just know the next time you have it, be thankful before it's gone. Because that's what God is calling us to do. See, I think Jesus was our friend because He gave us this lesson of gratitude. His thanks did miraculous things. What could all of us being grateful this week accomplish? What gratitude as we go visit friends and family who are not disciples do to their hearts if they can really see the gratitude in our hearts just like Jesus? What miracles will be performed through the gratitude that God has given us? We need to remember, give thanks for what you have. Give thanks that you are heard and be thankful.